This is the Cherry Leaf Podcast. Hello. In this episode of the Cherry Leaf Podcast, we're going to look at writing a presentation. In episode 13, we looked at ways of presenting at a conference and techniques that we can use to engage with the audience to keep their interest. And we're now getting into the conference season for this year. And this is a great opportunity if you've never spoken before at a conference to consider writing a presentation and submitting it to a conference. Lots of conference organizers really welcome new presenters to come along don't necessarily always want the same familiar faces at every conference year after year. And I've been invited recently to go and speak at a conference, a conference called The Evolution of Technical Communication. It's going to be held in Sofia in Bulgaria on the 4th and 5th of June. If you're going to that conference, then do say hello. And in talking to the organisers, they asked if I could come up with a keynote type presentation and we settled on a presentation topic which is what skills will technical communicators need in the future. So in this podcast episode what we're going to do is mainly focus on the process that I use and some of the options that can be taken in writing the content for a presentation like that. But before we dive into that why did we pick that topic? number of reasons. One is they wanted a keynote type presentation, sort of big picture, where are we going presentation. And in the past, what I've tended to speak about are future trends. But recently somebody said something which made me think maybe talking about future trends isn't quite as useful as it might be. Somebody said, wasn't it great that you were able to identify that this and that would change within technical communication? And I was thinking, well, it didn't really help us because we weren't really fully prepared to adapt to the changes that came along. You know, it's all very well being able to predict that it's going to rain, but if you don't build a shelter or buy an umbrella, you're in no better position than somebody else that didn't know it was going to rain. So what we settled on was looking at skills, what skills are needed, what can you do, what can you build up to be ready for the future. Now, this is a topic that actually others are looking at also. Scott Abel has been asking different people within technical communication what their thoughts were. I was asked to do a little 90 second or two minute video piece for my thoughts on it. In the end, my little piece didn't get included in the summary video. We'll include a link in the notes to the video on YouTube that Scott's put together. And also there was more than 90 seconds or two minutes worth on this topic that I wanted to talk about. So that was another reason why I was keen to have an opportunity to talk on this particular topic. Now, when it comes to writing a presentation and also when it comes to talking about a presentation, a couple of things need to be borne in mind. One is it's not about the presenter. It's not to show how clever the presenter is presentation like this should be about the audience and as well as giving them information, also giving them some actionable information, things that they can do that can take this knowledge that you're providing and do something with it that will give them benefit. Okay, so let's look at 
the sort of approach that I take when it comes to preparing and writing the content for a presentation. This recording is being done in April. We're roughly eight weeks away from that particular conference. And my preference is to write the slides or get about 90% of the slides written well in advance of the conference. And about eight weeks is about the right time to really get the bulk of it done, the meat and drink of it done. Now, I don't have a particular defined answer to this question, what skills do people need? Part of the reason for selecting this topic was to think about it and, and learn about it to find out what answers can come about. So it's been a case of gathering information and thinking about things before the process of actually writing the presentation itself. So the way that I've been doing that is to have a note in Evernote and looking at websites and jotting down thoughts onto that note in Evernote, copying and pasting from different places. And just having a great big long list of unformed thoughts and ideas that are there. Now, one of the advantages of using a tool like Evernote is that it's also available on a smartphone. So if an idea pops into the head as you're walking along at the shops or whatever, then it's easy to whip out the phone, open up the Evernote application, find the note on the presentation and just write down that thought before it goes. The other thing in terms of preparing for this presentation that I tend to do for topics like this is to put the question out to social media to see what other people think. They can give you ideas of things that you hadn't considered. They can reinforce some of the thoughts that you have, but they can also express an idea that you have perhaps in a better way than you can. It gives you the opportunity within your presentation to take a tweet or comment on another social media application and paste it into your presentation and actually quote that other person when you're talking about that particular point. So we raise the question on LinkedIn, on Twitter, in the forum for the ISTC, which is the professional body for technical communicators in the UK, and on the Slack channel for Write the Docs. We've done this in the past. Often the best response comes from LinkedIn. That may be because I've got a large number of connections on LinkedIn, or maybe because it's more business focused, but tend to get about eight or nine different responses from LinkedIn. Twitter and for the ISTC forum, and also for the Write the Docs Slack channel, usually get about four or five different comments from a variety of different people. So that can give me maybe 15, 20 different ideas or suggestions or quotations that I can use in the presentation. So about eight weeks out comes the time to write the slides. It can be earlier than that, but for this situation, it's about eight weeks out. The way I do it is I write the slides as the way of writing the content. Others might use a notepad and sketch it out, their, their thoughts, write it out in longhand and then convert that to be slides. But the way that I do it is I write my presentation in a slide application. So there's different structures for the ways in which you can write a presentation. And like you can with a user guide, predict the different types of topics. There are a number of standard common ways in which you can organize and present a conference presentation. Let me explain or talk about some of the different ways in which you can structure a presentation. So there's the 
what you might call the Nancy Duarte format. She analyzed the structure of different presentations and speeches from politicians and identified that there was a common approach, a common structure that was there. And that essentially was that a politician will talk about how things are today, the problems with today, and then how things will be in the future. So we've got so many people in this situation today, this is bad, this is what we can achieve. This is how the future, the beautiful land that we can have if you vote for me and, and I can implement these policies. So for a presentation like what skills are needed, that's one approach that can be done. What skills do we have today? And how will they change in the future? Will they stay the same? This approach is very common, but for this presentation, I don't think it's appropriate because really the core skills that technical communicators have today, they're likely to still need and unlikely to change hugely into the future. What's likely to change in terms of skills are new skills, different skills that technical communicators need. So that's not the approach that I've, I'm going to take for this presentation. Another approach is the recipe approach. Here are the five steps or six steps that you can take to solve a particular problem. Do this, do that, and you can resolve it. Again, very popular at technical conferences where somebody might be talking about how to do something with a particular application. That's not so appropriate for this presentation because there's not a magic set of five steps that you can do to become the perfect technical communicator in the future. There's a number of different routes that you could take to get the right skills. I don't think there's one single set of skills for everybody. I think there's different routes in the future that people can take. Another approach is to take or describe as it were a map. Talk about the scene, where there are different elements, where there might be things to avoid, challenges that might be coming up, and just really give people the territory, the map, and the idea of the different paths that they could take. And that's certainly one option that we could use for this presentation. Another common approach is the lessons learnt presentation. You've done a project, you're looking back on it, you're reflecting, and you want to share the lessons that you learnt so that other people can avoid those mistakes into the future. Again, not necessarily relevant in this situation because we're talking about the future rather than the past. Another structure based on looking back rather than looking forward, is the redemption story. How you talk about a failure and how you recovered and how you've made steps to recover things today and extra steps you're going to take forward into the future to make things better, to improve things. You see this very much in the press with celebrities that have, for some reason, fallen off the wagon. Things haven't gone quite the way that they hoped. They've made mistakes bad things have happened to them, and then they go through a process of redemption and recovery. We're talking, really focusing on the future, so again, not quite right for, for this presentation. What other structures are there? Well, there's the you are not alone type structure. We talk about the problems and challenges that exist for a professional, for a group, and it's in some ways like a therapy thing that maybe there are issues or concerns or challenges that people face, but they've been unwilling or unable to 
share those feelings or experiences with other people. And the conference or the presentation is an opportunity to bring those things forward, to empathise, to sympathise, and perhaps to show that they're not alone, but also perhaps suggest some ways of resolving that particular problem. Another approach is the list approach, where you list a series of items. It can be nine or 10 tips, it can be five tips, it can be X things to consider when you're doing this or that. And that's certainly one approach to consider for a presentation like this. Another approach is the rhetorical structure approach. And rhetoric has been around since the Greeks and the Romans. And through oratory, they developed a structure, a good way of presenting, primarily to persuade people of an argument. And if you want to have a presentation where you are trying to persuade people to do things or to agree with you, that can be a very good and powerful approach. Generally, the rhetorical structure approach is you have an introduction, you define the scope of what you're going to talk about and what you're not going to talk about. You define what the thing is that you're talking about so that everyone understands what it is. Then you look at why is this thing important? Why are we talking about it in the first place? Then you provide your argument generally in different points. So we should do this for reason one. And then what you will do is you'll provide evidence to back up your argument. And then that tends to follow up with you deal with any objections that somebody might have, your opponent, if you're in a debate, why their argument isn't as valid as yours. And then having addressed point one, you'll then move on to point two or, argue, or reason two, justification two, and so on for your particular belief. And then at the end, you'll summarize your argument. So you've maybe provided nine reasons why somebody should do something. And then you conclude that the obvious conclusion from that is you're right and you, that somebody should do something or agree with you. So generally, that's an approach of creating some interest, making your main point, providing supporting evidence, and then summarizing things. Another approach is the hero's journey where you talk about a series of events, again, retrospective, looking back in time about something that's happened. And the hero's journey is the structure of the Star Wars films. You can simplify it down to there being, as it were, a damsel in distress, male or female damsel, a scary dragon, male or female scary dragon, and a knight in shining armor, male or female knight, who comes along and saves the day. Very popular structure for films and can be quite popular for presentations also. Another approach is the analogy approach. Let's look at how one group over there are dealing with this problem that's very similar to ours. How are they solving this problem? What are they thinking about? And can we learn anything from the way that they're doing things and apply it to our situation? So you can see there are quite a few different ways in which you can structure a presentation. There's even more if you use a tool called Microsoft Sway, which is an alternative tool that Microsoft provides as part of Office 365 to PowerPoint. That has templates for presentations like business presentations, how-to type presentations, status updates, and vision type 
presentations as well. In the case of the vision approach, they have a structure of an overview, what's inspiring us as an organization or as a project team, what our plan is, and then a summary at the end. So all those different approaches, some, as I was talking, I dismissed as not appropriate to our situation. For a presentation like this, what skills will technical communicators need in the future? Which approach have I chosen? Well, there are a number of potential ones there. The roundup of experts is one that's potential. The nine tips or lists is another one. The map, potentially. The Nancy Duarte format, as I said, how it is and how it will be. And the analogy. All of those are good, strong, potential ways for presenting a topic like this. So in my process of actually writing the slides, what I tend to do is I will have a very rough structure in a presentation tool. The tool that I tend to use is, is Keynote with some marker chapters already laid out. So markers are like the sort of pauses within a presentation where we'll move from one topic to the next. And what I tend to do is have in the tool those slides in a different color, different colored background to the other slides. So they give markers for the audience to know, okay, we're talking about a different topic. And I have a standard skeleton that I use. So there's an introduction, a little bit about me, a little bit about why this topic, a summary at the end and where to go for more information. And then essentially some blank marker topics without any description of what they're going to be, but just indications that there will be a change in topic to the new topic in there. And at the front of the presentation, I tend to have a to-do list so I don't forget things that I want to include in the presentation. And so what I'll do with this rough structure is take my content that was written in Evernote and take those bits of information that I was given on social media and drop them into different places in the presentation so that the information starts to be grouped together in around certain themes or certain ideas. That theme or idea might not have a name at this particular point, but I'm just organizing or sorting the information into different areas. And this is done over a series of days. So do a bit and come back to it. Go out for a walk and often what happens is that an idea comes, oh, that should be added or that should be changed. So at the moment, this dropping the content into different places is bringing two potential structures to the fore. One is to have a list that in the future, there will be the core skills that a technical communicator will need and then these new skills. So the structure could be that we'll have skill one, skill two, skill three, skill four, and then talk about what that new skill is likely to be and why we're likely to need that skill and how we can acquire that particular skill and what benefit it would give us if we had that particular skill. And for the content that's been dropped in so far, a lot of it fits well within the ability to group it under these different type of skills. Now the general rule when providing information is don't overload people, limit things to maybe four or five topics or possibly no more than nine. 
And that's one approach. And with a 45-minute presentation, that probably gives you about five minutes per topic that you can cover. But the other one that is under consideration, and maybe the way in which the presentation is structured, is the analogy way. And one of the most valuable or useful sources of information when researching this presentation, the content for this presentation, is actually a presentation from Di McDonald, who is a designer, a designer in Australia. And if you subscribe to the Charity newsletter, you may have seen us mention this presentation and provide a link to a video of her presentation from 2018 in our newsletter. And she talks about what skills will be needed in the future for designers, for product designers, for software product designers. So one thought is to look at the challenges that designers have and the gaps that they have and the directions that they're going and see how that compares and contrasts with the skills that technical communicators have today and that technical communicators might need in the future. I think whichever structure there is, one key theme will be that there will be more than one set of skills that technical communicators can build, that there is no single answer. So I've mentioned briefly some of the tools that I use, and let's address that now. What tools should you use for a presentation, writing the content? And really, use the tools that you're happiest with. My preference is to use, for writing the slides, Apple Keynote. It seems to make it more intuitive and easier to write the content, to drop in images where needed, and to prevent yourself or minimize the chance of you just writing lots and lots of bulleted lists. Now, lots of organizations prefer PowerPoint, and many conferences have laptops ready with PowerPoint on them. So what I will do is I'll write my slides in Keynote, and once they're pretty much done and dusted, I'll convert them to PowerPoint format and save that onto a USB or if conference organizers want the slides before the conference to send them to them and also to save them on a cloud-based storage system. So something like OneDrive or Dropbox. So if the laptop explodes the day before or the hour before the conference or the laptop that I bring can't be connected to the projector that it's possible to download the slides and install them onto a different machine. And as well as saving them as PowerPoint, what I'll also tend to do is save them as a PDF. So hopefully we've got everything covered in that particular way. Another reason why I like to use Keynote is because by grouping information roughly into these different sections, what often that leads to is the situation of rearranging and moving things into different places so that the structure makes sense, so that the right information is in the right place, the flow of the presentation is effective. And the light table slide sorter functionality within Keynote just seems to be more intuitive, easier to move than the one that you get with PowerPoint. In terms of the slides and the content, the approach I tend to do is not to use bullet points, maybe have items on a slide, but not actually have that little circular dot next to them. And to keep lists, or bulleted lists, even though they don't have the bullets, down to no more than four or five items on a slide. So generally there's no more than four lines on an individual slide. 
This means if it's a situation of talking about a long list, that can be split into two slides, or it might even be split into individual slides for each individual item that you're talking about on the list. So that reduces the amount of clutter on the slides. Some people like to have lots of visual images and there'll be a picture, maybe one word or two words. My preference is to have a couple of bits of information on the left and an image on the right. I tend to avoid just having an image and just one word because I think that for the audience, if they ever look back on the slides in the future, can make it quite hard for them to remember what was meant by that particular image or that particular word or phrase. The other part of actually developing and writing the content is practicing the presentation. So what I'll do is I will go through the presentation, presenting it to myself, not to an audience at all, just talking through each individual slides. And often that shows that the presentation is disjointed, it doesn't flow, it's messy, there's bits of information that aren't relevant, there are gaps where something's talked about but it really isn't explained and it's not very clear. And that helps identify the slides that need to be removed, the ones that need to be rearranged and moved to different places, the sections that need to be moved up or down, and the places where there needs to be extra content, extra information, brought in to clarify things. So in terms of the goal of providing something that is actionable and deliverable, how are we tackling that? Well, the thoughts are that for this type of presentation, future skills, probably the most effective thing is to provide some self-assessment charts, to look at and define the different options that people might have or to reflect on the different skills or areas that they like, and to then use that to help them identify the right path for them. So that might be a questionnaire or a evaluation form in Excel or a printed document where people can write on that and reflect on that. That's likely to be the actionable element within the presentation that people can use into the future. So really that's a, a walkthrough of the approach that I take for writing a presentation. And at this point, the structure's still to be decided, as I said, between that analogy approach or whether it's a series of items, a list that we go through. More than one way of doing it. We looked at the different types of structures that you can have within a presentation. The recipe, the map, the lessons learned, the rhetorical structure, the redemption story, the hero's journey. So there's different ways that you can use. Even if you don't want to present at a conference, going through and writing content as if you were presenting at a conference can be a very useful exercise. If you need to make an argument to somebody else as to why they should do something or explain why you're doing things in a certain way, then this storyboarding and structuring and organizing the information, then putting the information in can be quite an effective way of getting your thoughts together and being able to communicate internally or to a wider audience your thoughts and your ideas. But as I said, conference organizers are very keen on having new people 
So if there's a theme that you have that you're interested in, you want to share it with others, if you have a story of something that's happened to you or your team, then maybe start to map out and think about the structure and put yourself forward as a conference speaker and give it a go. So that's it for this presentation. If you want to know more about the newsletter where we send out information, then go to the Cherryleaf website. There's a link to the newsletter and subscribing to that, cherryleaf.com, and you'll find other information there on our training courses, on our recruitment services, and project services that we offer to people that have content problems. So thank you for listening.